0: I had to cut things out that robbed me of my energy, like drinking. Yeah. yeah. This is th- The drinking and going out was one for all of them. It robbed me of time, money and energy. I didn't yeah. really have a plan. but I had the trainer bug, that's the truth. Yeah. Like, you've got the trainer bug, I've got the trainer bug. Yeah. I'm trying. I've heard you say you've got the trying. trainer bug. Because if you've got loads of opportunities there, and you're still reading loads, this isn't a slur at Ben by the way me and him talk about this. <laughs> so
1: today we're in a different studio i um, on the podcast and I'm jo- joined, I should say, by the very special George Sullivan. Very nice special. I, I
0: don't know about very special. No, you but are. Thanks. you are. Good I've to been told
1: you. amazing things by people like Ben, like we were just saying, mutual, mutual acquaintance. Mm. But yeah, thanks for coming in. How are you doing? Yes, Emilio. Good to meet you, man. Yeah, good to meet you
0: too. I know yeah. we DM'd a little bit. Um, yes, yeah, a little travel from where I am in South London up to yeah. North London today. Whereabouts are you based? Um, I'm based over just past Greenwich, actually. So, so when it, I thought I saw your yeah. office was in Greenwich. I, I was to- like, yes, and I checked the invite and then it was uh, need to up- in Camden N9. I was like, N9. Oh. I need to update the um, my Google business address.
1: I've got the same problem. Cuz it's it, that was cuz Amy and I my wife started the business and we would did it out of our flat. And nice. we ha- we have a flat in in well, we used to have a flat in Greenwich before Covid hit and then we ran away to Cambridge. Are you from that that side of no, the river? N- well, no, but we I'm from Blackpool, mate. Okay. Yeah, so I'm northern. Um but yeah, my my wife and I we moved together to London, mm. moved into Greenwich, mm. stayed there for a few years, loved it, loved Greenwich, loved the whole area. But when COVID hit, we were like about to get married, start a family. We we're like, mm. we need some space. So yeah, over in um over in Cambridge now. But yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm with you on that greenery yeah. is
0: key I did the well, same thing that's why thing. I like Greenwich though because yeah. like the park's amazing like, we used yeah, to run true. around the park but apart would... from that it's chaos around the road traffic <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, it's, like, like, it's lovely fruit. I nearly moved to Greenwich precisely yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but yeah I moved a little bit further out for that reason yeah I think like for well-being Yeah. I mean like, I love going into the city I've debated living in the city you hear people talk all the time like, of, like central yeah yeah because yeah, our office is in Shoreditch they, people talk all the time they're like the commute is your biggest waste of time as a businessman I'm like not really Really, I do lots of different things on the commute. Yeah, yeah. But I understand that principle, yeah. but it, it, it depends how you use your commute. So I debated it for a bit, but I prefer green. I,
1: I like my commute.
0: Yeah. Like it's the,
1: probably the one time of the day where I can put my headphones in and get some real decent admin done. There you go. So I, I don't mind it. I guess if you're on the tube, it's different. Like You have to stand there in the summer and it's hot. But yeah, like you say, it depends what you do with it. But yeah, thanks coming in. Mm. Appreciate it. I am fascinated by your business fascinated by your journey because it's 10 years old now right
0: 10 years old next year yeah that's
1: crazy has it just gone
0: like that it has flown by yeah yeah. I couldn't believe it when we were kind of coming up to seven or eight years and I was like yeah we're 10 years in business yeah almost soon so how old were you when you started I was when I started I think I was 23 so I'm 32 now and even that's flown by I remember I remember being 23 and how much, how, you know, like the lack of experience I had, yeah, in in the world and life. But I bet at the time, you didn't feel like that. I bet at the time you were like, yeah, at the time I was delusionally optimistic. <laughs> That's the way I'd explain it. I had I had no fear about. About anything, mm. from stuff out there in in the wider world on the street to like business and risk taking, yeah. to the point of I'd leave every job that I didn't like very quickly. I got bored. I thought it was their problem. What kind of things were you doing? I was doing anything from like pot wash in the local harvester, right up to I say right up to like it was top <laughs> tier, right up to um, sales at the Yellow Pages when it converted to yell to become digital. What that so, is. Yeah, niche. yeah. I was, I was at one point. I was walking round North London. Yeah, yeah. Um, knocking on. High street shops, doors going in there, kebab shops, barbers trying to sell them websites around 11, 12 years ago. It was quite a hard sell at the time. And the sell was okay. you need to be in Google. When people search for kebab, you know, <laughs> Camden, you need to be there. And I did that for like six months, had a brilliant leader, James Bugner, who was like the son of the boxing champ. And I learned a lot from him. Um, but that was like, truly difficult mm. and took a lot of resilience. So yeah, it's kinda of like a lot of no, I can imagine. In any sales job a lot, of, a no. lot of no. And yeah. I think
1: that is so important whenever you start any business because whenever you start a business, you get no just for the smallest thing. Can you can I set up a bank account? No. Like anything, you get a no. So did you learn that resilience during that time, do you reckon?
0: I I wasn't resilient at that time. Early on. Right. Yeah. 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 I was more like, I don't like this position. I'm gone. <laughs> That was me. I'm, I'm being real with you yeah, about yeah. that. And I see like some younger people now in our company who have some of them much more resilience than than I did at that age. I wish I was more established with my mindset when I was that age. Mm. Um, it's taken a long time for the mindset to develop and kind of catch yeah. up with the optimism and the kind of the intuition around business. I, I would say it's mm. got, been a roller coaster of mindset for me. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you always think? Because I love to go back
1: to the beginning of. Mm. Your journey of pre-starting a business, because I, I always find that journey really fascinating. So did you always feel like, I actually don't like the the term entrepreneur. I think it gets thrown around a lot. Like I mm. did a business degree and mm. everyone, they talk about what an entrepreneur means. What, what business degree? Just business, management, business management. Business management, yeah. And really quite practical, that business degree. I'll be honest. I didn't, no. lo- I didn't
0: learn anything. <laughs> okay. I talk. About, I talk about it a lot. I didn't learn a lick about business. But are you finding now running outreach that it's translated to some extent? Some of the theory some makes of the th- sense. Yes. Yeah. Some of the theory makes yeah. sense, but I don't think the theory was important
1: to learn at the time. Mm. It was. It was very much learn how to write an essay about business, which wasn't helpful. But that's why we had to write an essay about what is an entrepreneur. And one of my friend, one of my friends on the course, wrote an entrepreneur is somebody that wouldn't write this fucking essay <laughs> that was it and he just walked out got failed for the, uh, the the exam so he didn't didn't go down too well but did you always think that right this is what I'm going to do I'm going to start a business one day like that's me this is who I am man like it
0: was that entrepreneurial spirit if we're going to call it that was yeah, yeah. within me from early really i had that when i was at, at school yeah And I've shared this before, but I'll share it briefly again. I was selling CDs at school. That Mm. was like my first hustle amongst many other little hustles at 14, 15, when you could download music off the internet. Mm. And then the next hustle, which was awful and lasted about one to two weeks, was like a, a business called Guess the Suites. Or it was some sort of business like that, where I like had sweets in a jar, I was going around talking to people and I was saying, "Do you want to guess the sweets?" And you pay a pound in and then and then I'll, I'll draw the winner. right <laughs> and, and that was what I was doing. That was That was a weird one. But yeah, that was that was one thing. So it was kind of like I was just I was just driven by creating things. And seeing if other people would buy into them. Yeah. Not necessarily by money. It was just like, can I get the validation of someone buying into this thing? Mm. That was cool to me. That yeah. that that prospect. Yeah. Yeah. And then what what was the I guess so you
1: you did a bunch of jobs, what was the Jumping point into right. I'm going to do my own thing. I've I've worked for other people. I've done my sales boot camp. Mm. How and when did you jump into? I'm going to start my own business because I have listened to a few podcasts that you've been on, mm. and I know that soul, the soul supplier wasn't your first
0: business idea. It wasn't the first business idea. No, um, I tried different things whilst I was working. Yeah. Ultimately, my dad always told me. Or he always instilled in me, as well as me seeing what happened to him as he climbed like the ladder, of, as the sales ladder in print. Mm. I saw him struggle, I saw him uh, lose jobs, I saw uh, bosses be completely, you, you know, act in a horrific way. Mm. And I saw him and my mum go through some things which I wouldn't, I didn't want to go through. Yeah. It tainted my perspective of what it's like to work at a company for somebody. Mm. I later found out when I worked at companies that were good that it's not all like that. You get a good company with good leadership and good prospects and actually you can have a good time. But yeah. my perspective was tainted. So I grew up with the perspective of you don't want to work a nine-to-five because mm. I see my parents have hard times doing it. They had some success as well but some very difficult times. So it was within me and I wanted to kind of get out of the, the nine-to-five because mm. I didn't find a lot of good ones. I also had ADHD, which meant I didn't stick in the jobs for too long. I later learned all of this. Like I had it from six years old and that just affected my impulse control. Yeah, yeah. I would just have a disagreement with a boss and leave. Mm. So I was almost kind of breeding myself to work for, to create something in my own way. Yeah, Because I didn't like authority at the time. I've had to like come to learn that that's not a, a nice way to go about in the world. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of within me. I just didn't know what to do and it was whilst I was working in recruitment that I the only job I truly loved. That's interesting my wife was
1: in recruitment before we started outreach and her dad ran a recruitment industry. Nice. So I've been through the whole boot camp as well of recruitment Mm. and learning all about it the ins and outs she'd come home she'd tell me about it and the similarities to what I do now in talent management are so so so
0: similar man. Yeah yeah because it's uh, recruitment's about people. Yeah man. Yeah. And I think any job that's about people gives you a lot of skills to run with, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that sales boot camp as you called it gave me a lot of skills to run with, learning mm. about different people, how people function, you know how to appeal to different people yeah. how to how to be respectful, how to understand what people need, and then pitch them something that perhaps they might they might like yeah, yeah. so To answer your question, um, the only job I liked in recruitment with two great leaders, Ben and Jim, I'm still friends with them today and very thankful for the leadership and coaching they gave me, right? Because it was, if it wasn't for them and me hitting my targets, I probably wouldn't have been able to start the business. They were quite, there was a point that came where I was building the sole supplier whilst working in recruitment full time. I was doing it at lunchtime and I was doing it after work. And the lunch times would spill over into their time a little bit, but because I was hitting my target, they were understanding. Mm. And it was a difficult situation, yeah, because they didn't really—I don't think—want to see that on the computer screen. Sometimes, even at lunch, no, no, no. they're trying to run a business. Yeah, of course, you know. But they they understood. Yeah. Did they own the company or were they the managers? Uh, Yes, they were the directors.
1: Right. So they were seeing you doing this other thing on the side. But we were close as well. And they were supportive about it.
0: They were because I was doing very well in recruitment. Right. And and, uh, the argument is I could have been doing a lot more Mm. to reach my true potential. Yeah. And I I see this now with people. This is a side note. Um, How do you spot when someone that's already a good performer needs to perform more? Mm. like how do you spot when a natural good performer who's basically kind of outperforming naturally yeah they might have like another 20-30% like I did at the time I was hitting and overachieving my targets in recruitment at the time but and on the surface that was good but I actually had a lot more to give and I wasn't truly reaching that yeah I just built systems in the right way not because
1: you didn't want to but because you had this other thing yeah that you wanted to throw that extra 20% into
0: that's that's the way to look at it yeah yeah and I and I speak about this a lot Emilio about the three things that I cultivated then and I still cultivate now mm. are time, energy and money. So I had to cut things out that robbed me of my time. Mm. I had to cut things out that robbed me of my energy like drinking. Yeah. yeah. This is the, the drinking and going out was one for all of them. <laughs> it robbed me of time, money and energy. Yeah. I stopped drinking for 18 months. Wow. That was a segue into how I started it. Not to go too deep, but were you drinking a lot before it or were you more yeah. just like a partier? Yeah, drinking, not drinking every day, mm. but just partying, drinking
1: too much. Yeah.
0: Robbed me of my time
1: and energy. I mean, it take, even just going out once, it takes out two days because you're hungover the next day. You might even feel crap the third
0: day. That. And uh, when you're 20, 21, you can get away with it a bit more. Yeah. Especially as I've got older, you definitely can't get away with it. <laughs> no, no, I so know like that. anything that robs you of your time, energy and money, you need to, you need to look into and be mm. like especially if you're working full-time and you want to start doing something consistently, you're going to be tired in the evening after your job. So yeah. anything that's taking you away from that is so true. Mm.
1: So you're doing the recruitment, mm. setting up the sole supplier. You had these amazing bosses supporting you, kind of wanting you to do more recruitment. I have heard you talk on another podcast about that importance of of new entrepreneurs doing something that isn't, hugely risky from a financial point of view to, be, to validate their idea mm. is what, what I think you were saying so what, doing it in your spare time not quitting your job to start something that's going to cost you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds to try and launch mm. how important was that for you to validate the sole
0: supplier yeah, for me, there were there was a business that I tried to start before called Explore My Property, which was mm. a video production business around luxury properties. Yeah. It required too much money, mm. too much upskilling, and a lot of sales. Yeah. So there was a lot of time and money needed to go into that business. Were you doing sorry to cut you off, but were yeah. you were you doing the videography yourself? I was doing the videography myself. Wow. Side note: I did a lot of parkour when I was younger. I filmed a lot of that parkour right. from when I was like 14 to like 18. I had to cut things out that robbed me of my energy, like drinking. Yeah, yeah. this is the, the drinking and going out was one for all of them. <laughs> it robbed me of time, money, and energy. Yeah, yeah. Since early, so yeah, I thought yeah. I could take that into that explore my property business. But the point is, it was high risk and mm. it was high cost mm. and it was high effort. Yeah, it was high everything. Yeah. yeah, so so when I found the idea of the sole supplier, low risk because I needed to just set up the website and dedicate some time and money and energy to it mm. and high potential because there wasn't a lot going on like it. Mm. And I wouldn't say low effort, but lower effort yeah. than picking up the phone and cold selling. Yeah, 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 It was all within my control, the content that I created every day. Yeah. So I do say this to people. I think if you if you start out getting into business and you try something really difficult and really high risk and put a lot of money into it and you fail, how is that going to set you up for your next attempt mm. how much will that taint your motivation yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. start again yeah, yeah. you know it's it, it's interesting
1: because again i've been listening to some of your stuff and it is so true and i i when i talk to anybody who's saying oh i want to start a business and i've got to come up with i've got to come up with a logo and i've got to come up with a website and i've got to you know find funding and all these different things it's like mm. the model's not really there is it you're not thinking about the model you're thinking about wanting this big big business where you can leave your job and and make a load of money you're not thinking about an achievable model mm. right now i heard you talking about how when, when you first did your logo for the sole supplier it had the, the london eye on it right
0: yeah oh man
1: and yeah. I, but I posted I
0: it on linkedin the other day it's it's, it's <laughs> wild yeah the london eye and big ben as the l in seoul when you think of it now and you think of what a logo needs to be clean cut like... oh yeah <laughs> I saw a really interesting post, though, the other day, which I resonated yeah. with. Tell me what you think. And it was a dude that was talking on Twitter. He created this massive thread, mm. and he showed you about how design has been lost right. to minimalism mm. and how minimalism removes all character from things. Everyone now wants a minimal logo and he, he, he looked at all the architecture mm. in cities and he compared it to the architecture 40 years ago. Oh my God, yeah. Man, this was so interesting. Yeah. He was looking at like doorbells. He was looking at signposts, bridges, buildings, yeah. and then compared it to like digital logos. And it's so true. I was like, we've lost all character for minimalism now, yeah. but that's a complete side mm. note. No, no, but mm. you, you say, what do I think about it? thinking about
1: it it's so true you walk through london and you walk through these amazing buildings and then you've just got modern modern my wife and i were just in rome mm. there is no modern buildings yeah it's that's why those
0: places so nice yeah, like, yeah, yeah you go you're
1: like you're like oh my god like i think our hotel was the only <laughs> we found seemed to find the old, only modern building in the whole of rome but it's so true and when you think of a logo now you think of branding now it's how can I print this and put it on as many things as possible and it needs to be simplistic
0: Mm. but going simplistic because it catches everybody yeah and it falls back into that if you try and appeal to everybody you appeal to nobody yeah yeah. so minimalism catches everybody yeah but how much do you really get a truly like passionate loving audience no exactly to
1: buy into that yeah it, you say that, though, but then you think of the, how iconic that, like, Apple logo is. Yeah, that's a good one. And then you're like, oh, actually, that's pretty sick. It's a good one. Like, they did do mm. pretty well there. Trainers. Yeah. So you had the, a good business idea. Were you always into trainers? Was that, like, your thing, even before the sole supplier, like, when you were doing recruitment in these sales jobs? Were you always, like, buying the newest trainers and... Yeah, what was that relationship? Started for me like, in the sales jobs. Right, okay.
0: They were like an icon of my success. You'd buy a new pair of trainers. <laughs> yeah. My dad hated that. <laughs> he used to say to me, Stop buying trainers, you're wasting yeah, your money, save your money. Yeah. You know. Cause not long before that, in two thousand and eight, they had the we had the financial crash. Yeah. yeah. And it really affected my mum and dad. And yeah, so them seeing me spend a lot of money on trainers, they were like, What is wrong with you, boy? <laughs> you know, like why? And I said, "You know, I've got a plan. I didn't yeah. really have a plan, but I had the trainer bug. That's the truth. Yeah, like, you've got the trainer bug. I've got the trainer bug. Yeah, I'm trying. I've heard you say you've got I'm the trying, trainer I'm bug. I'm trying to get the trainer bug. I just yeah,
1: listen, you're the right guy to talk mm. to because I can't. Fi- I I don't like that many trainers, and mm. then I buy. I've got like five pairs of Dunks in different colors because I know that's what I like. Yeah, it's the same with like jumpers. Like I'll I'll wear loads of black jumpers. I will wear loads of blue jeans." Mm. And I just go with what I need. So I need to expand my love,
0: love, love of trainers. Oh, no, this is this is the you are sharing the secret to happiness. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Buy the same
1: the things you like. Yeah. So
0: of... I call it a capsule wardrobe, right? Okay. Which will be like I, I like, knew there what, was a name for it. Or like that's what well Dan, who I work with, yeah, yeah. he told me about this. He said, yeah, it's called a capsule wardrobe. Some people take this to an extreme. So one of the people is. I can't. Steve remember. Jobs did it. Steve Jobs, right? With a Was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But there's a there's someone that does it with just white t-shirts and white shirts. But ah. I've I've now decided yeah. that 90% of my t-shirt purchases will be white t-shirts. Yeah. The other 10% is like the experimental budget. Yeah, yeah. And then for trainers, it's the same. It's like white t-shirt, white trainers a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, so once you know that and you feel comfortable, do you know what? You save money. You wear stuff more. The time saved is just yeah. getting ready in the and morning, and the decisions are easy yeah, every day. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to wear. This. Honestly, Trust I wear me. just wear white. I just wear white t-shirts. And that's Half
1: it. the time I'm wearing them under a jumper, so they're just fruit of the loom yeah. two pound t-shirts. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, they fit well. Yeah, they're easy to choose in the morning. You know, if you've got a wild wardrobe, especially with trainers, there's loads of trainers that I don't wear. And I always say this I was to people: say, How do you decide? No, oh, I just I keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. There's people that now that buy the wildest trainers, they'll spend their last bit of money <laughs> on the shoes, and they won't wear them. Yeah, and they don't want to sell them because they got them. They're limited. Yeah, and like like young people are doing that, and they're breaking themselves to buy trainers that they're not going to wear, and they're going to sit in the box. Some of them are investments, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're living in a mad economy now, where it's just like. People have lost rationale as to why we're buying certain things. Mm. You're meant to buy something because it, it looks good and you're going to wear it. Yeah. yeah, You're buying it for a trend now. Yeah, oh, I've, got, I've
1: got to jump on this trend even if I don't like
0: it. Yeah, exactly. But people will convince themselves they do yeah, yeah. and wonder why it's three months in the wardrobe.
1: Because it just doesn't fit oh god no that's not me I'll wear, I'll wear the same pair of trainers again and again and again yeah. until they're worn like the soul has gone everything man it sounds like you're buying correctly man <laughs> well, I hope well, my <laughs> wife might not think so mm.
2: um,
1: but yeah going back to the trainer like the, the love of trainers so because I always think this is quite interesting as well because everyone says do what you love and mm. you'll never work again I don't believe that mm. because there are parts of any job that you love you know you could be a footballer there's parts of being a footballer that I'm sure they absolutely fucking hate mm. the media whatever it may be but I always find it interesting when you do something you love, did it take away some of the love of trainers, especially when the sole supplier started to grow big and it started to become, you know, a business, employees, you know, clients, did it take away any of that love or have you just kept that the whole way through? My
0: love started with trainers. Yeah. And my love now is business. I love that. Cool. So, and I think a lot of people follow that, that, that process. Mm. Um, having done this for 10 years, my love now truly is, is I I will say three things, right? So it's building a great product for the customer. Mm. So how can we get people to think of the sole supplier when they need their next pair of trainers at retail or resale? Mm. And to do that, we have to build a great website app and experience. And then it's how can we build a great team to support that? vision for the customers so yeah. I can enjoy going into the office every day as can other people yeah those two things the external and the internal mm. and, and and within that is the original love of trainers, yeah, which yeah. is good I still buy a lot of shoes I don't know everything about them like I used to yeah and because I'm I wasn't on the ground as much for a period of time mm. I was building like the development team I was building the growth team I stepped away from the content which I've now gone back to yeah yeah And that meant that I lost some knowledge Mm. and some buzz for the trainers. But now getting back on the ground, man, I'm back into it. I was going to say, that was actually
1: one of the questions that I had down was, Mm. you're obviously an incredible creative guy. Mm. Whenever you start a business, and especially when it starts to scale The owner of that business, nine times out of 10, has to take a bit more of responsibility from the operational side of things Mm. because you don't maybe even have the funds yet to hire an operational team to come in and do it for you. So you're doing the accounts and you're doing the website and, you, you know, you're doing, you know, the admin Did you enjoy the operational side or do you enjoy the operational side? Because I was speaking to Ben about this and he was saying that his brother does a lot more of that side of things. Mm. And he was like, but it can be fun. You can make that side of it fun. Do you enjoy that or do you prefer being on the more
0: creative side of the business, if you will? I'll say I do whatever it takes for the business to succeed. Yeah. I'm truly of that mindset. If I need to be dynamic and I need to do content for the next two years, because mm. that's where we feel the gap is, I will do that. Mm. Um, so for me, there's like a, what do I enjoy is part of it. But kind of like what you said before, it's like, what is necessary to achieve our mission? Mm. And this is something I've lost along the way. Mm. There's been stuff that I stepped away from the content too much and built the operational side, yeah. the development team, the senior team, the growth team, the training arm. And that meant that we lost a lot of brand affinity and awareness. Mm. And I wish I had never stepped away from the content that much. So I do believe it's, to, it's important to have your, your feet on the ground mm. and your head in the clouds, dreaming of strategy whilst knowing what's going on. It's mm. a hard everything. balance
1: though, isn't it? Yeah. So to have those two. What, what do you think your strength is?
0: I find this difficult to answer Mm. because I just try and get up and do what I do each day without truly analyzing Mm. myself, my strengths. I'll look at my, I look at why I need to do better to try and grow those things, but I don't look at what are the exact reasons that have made me personally successful. Mm. I can look at the things we've done with the business perhaps that have made us more successful, but I, I find this difficult. I also find it difficult to do personal content as a result of that really i find it truly difficult to write so we've been going harder with the linkedin stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um but in order to do that i have someone that interviews me Mm. and we get a load of posts down off the back of that interview from the words transcribed because if i have to come up with those in exactly my way and write them off the back of my head Mm. i find it much harder So I I have someone that I work very closely with who interviews me, speaks about, asks me questions, gets my thoughts down. I then work with them to craft that post. I can't do it on my own because I'm way Mm. too thoughtful about my own stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real difficult question. So do you find it quite difficult to talk about? You said, you know,
1: you said personal there. So Mm. when people ask you questions about yourself personally, do you find that like an awkward experience and you'd rather be talking about the business?
0: No, now I'm, I'm, I love talking about the business and my experience yeah, yeah. with the hope that there's other people out there that can help. Yeah. That's the
1: mission. I think that's so important because you're, yeah. you, you're spreading its role models you know, mm. that people need those role models. Of, and this is why I love talking about people's backgrounds before mm. they got into business and how they got into business. Because I think so many young kids are sat there like, oh, I could never do this. Like any, and when they can hear somebody that's talking about their experience, it is so important. So whether it is you know written down or whether it is a video,
0: just sharing that that message is so important yeah, for the so next it's, generation. It's important to connect to that if you've got something to share. Yeah. It's like firstly that like recognizing. So many people have said to me you should share more about the story, the business, the team, and the things you're doing. And now I'm like, we've been in business 10 years. There's so much to talk about with the hope of helping others. But the one thing that you can forget, if you feel like me sometimes, you wake up, you're not having your best day for whatever reason. For me now, it might be Mm. I've overtrained. I haven't eaten right. I haven't slept right. Smaller things, right? Mm. I don't want to talk on camera today for whatever reason. I don't want to craft a post. I don't want to tell a story. All I want Mm. to do is just get on with stuff. I think you need to reconnect with that mission at that point. Why are you doing it? Mm. It's to help others, to inspire others, to share a story. Like you said, to a young entrepreneur that's thinking, I'm going to struggle. I don't have money. I'm going out drinking too much. They might hear that message that day and then they might connect with it. But it's sometimes very difficult when you're in that overwhelmed state, in your own little circle, in your head, going, I don't feel like talking on camera today. It's a mindset thing, isn't it? And that's yeah. what you were saying
1: earlier, is that you wish you had that mindset when you were younger. Mm. So now you're sharing that mindset. So maybe people who are younger will have it. How did you learn that mindset? Because when, we were, when I was speaking to Ben, mm. he reads more books than a librarian, that kid. He obviously digests mm. content. How did you learn that mindset? Was it was it just a self reflection thing? Was it you
0: you went and read certain books? Like what was it for you? So I'm an organic entrepreneur. What I mean by that is, yeah. I think I got kicked out of school at 17. Mm. I didn't go to university. I haven't had an MBA or any training, formal training. Yeah, yeah. That has meant that I've had to educate myself through experience and inspiration, people and books. Mm. So I ha- I have read a lot of books. I got into the self-help and business books yeah. for a long period of time, from my teenage years to to like five years ago when I really stopped. Because mm. I realized five years ago, I've got enough to go now. I need to just execute. Yeah. All I need to do is find the time in the week to do the things that are going to make our business grow and business better. Yeah. And it's very easy to get – it's a form of procrastination reading mm. if you're reading about business and self-help. Mm. Because if you've got loads of opportunities there and you're still reading loads, this isn't a slur at Ben, by the way, me and him talk (laughs) about this, you need to act on those opportunities rather than reading more of the theory Mm. because the opportunities are going to disappear. The books aren't. You can always come back to them. Yeah, yeah. So I I do think that it's an easy way to procrastinate Mm. and now I'm very choosy about what I read. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of shit and self-help and business books. They're the number one seller of books, aren't they? I was, speaking, are, are to, I was they? Yeah. speaking
1: to a publisher the other day. I was like, where are the biggest advances on books right now? He said self-help and motivation books. That's crazy. But I kinda know of like, that. And you, and you do think, I always go back to who has, who has, has written that book mm. and what have they done? Yeah, what's their credentials? What is their credentials? Yep. Because so many people do, and I, I even feel a little bit like an imposter when I'm having even conversations about motivation and mindset. Mm. And I don't want to be too preachy. Like I went to I went back to my old school last week to do a talk um, to the sixth formers that were leaving, and the old head of sixth form was asking me to give advice on life after school, and I felt like an absolute imposter. I'm like, why are you listening to me? Mm-hmm. But that's really good uh, though to do that it, it was great and I felt amazing after it and I got to speak to the parents and ask what the kids were doing and they were talking about like, one guy came up to me and he said his his son has dyslexia but the school do push them so hard on grades mm. and he was saying I keep telling um, my son it's not all about like grades might get you in the door they're not going to keep you there mm. there's so many other ways that like, you, you've proven that there's so many other ways that you can be successful Going back to the, to the sharing of that advice, mm. I, I do, I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't really read anything until I know exactly what those credentials are. And I think mindset and motivation and, and staying productive can come far easier from, from a routine. Mm. Like I'm big on routine. I can imagine yeah, that you're, big on routine. you're big on, cause you're into fitness.
0: Yeah. It comes back to that question about mindset. How yeah. did you build the resilience? Yeah. And then where do I get my inspiration? Yeah. Um, but just quickly on that book note, uh, yeah. and, and what you said about who the what, who has the credentials, yeah. there's almost like a, a hierarchy. Mm. If you find the book at the bottom and read that, yeah. you're going to get a regurgitated version of the person that that person learned from, that that person <laughs> yeah. learned from. Yeah, yeah. So one of the uh, the people at the top of the pyramid, or the two, are. Mm. Uh, Let's say Dal Carnegie, who's mm. not around anymore, How to Win Friends and Influence People. A lot of good self-help books take those principles mm. and regurgitate. So that's the basic. That was written 100 years ago, right? Mm. I've got one of the original copies at home. Have you? Yeah, someone bought it for me as a present because I bang on about it That's so a much. brilliant present. That's a yeah, good friend. Mate, the book's nearly falling apart, man. so, so <laughs> uh, got, I, got white got gloves
1: every time you uh, open it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, got a personal note. In. So that's like one of the keys at the top of the pyramid. And John C. Maxwell, um, two- Books, the laws of personal growth and the laws of leadership mm. John's like a 60 year old dude he's mm. schooled in the game yeah, yeah. he's done this for time yeah. and read the books from the people that have been there yeah. and done it Like it doesn't mean that new authors aren't great and have like Alex Hormozy yeah, 100 yeah. million offers. Yeah. I've just started listening to that but he's learned from some of the greats, oh, yeah, and he yeah. says that. Yeah, yeah. But he's then done it in his own brilliant way yeah. and got the credentials. So I do think, yeah, like you said, I mean, look at the people that you're reading from. Yeah. Make sure they've got good credentials. Yeah. Otherwise, you waste a lot of time. But sorry to answer your question on, uh, on, you said about the mindset, right? Mind- the, just how did you build the mindset and your routine? Yes, my, the routine. My routines,
1: yeah. like so. I always find that so interesting because I'm such a. I'm such a stickler for having a routine, but my routine changes. Like yeah. every three months it's changed. And it stays I, I, I like to say that I'm consistent, but my routine changes. I think that's important. Yeah. That's my bored. experience over the yeah, last ten yeah.
0: years. Like um, I've experienced with like bulletproof morning routines mm. that I've done consistently for a long time that take time. Mm. How much uplift they provide to my life, I don't know, some of them. Mm. And an example of one of those long morning routines could be get up. You don't look at your phone. That's that one stays. Yeah. You meditate 15-20 minutes. You journal to kind of affirm the day and what you want to do. The meditation stills the mind, clears any wreckage from the mind mm. or any short shit you might have been dreaming about, right? <laughs> and it clears the mind. And then you might exercise as well, and then you eat a healthy breakfast and then you get on with your day. So that's a long routine, mm. takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do that every day? Sometimes, if you wake up, you feel good. Yeah. You might just get straight into it. Mm. I like that strategy. Yeah, I feel yeah. great this morning. Cool, I'm going to work. Yeah, it's 5:30, yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah. But some days, you might wake up and feel like this morning is the morning I need to still my mind, I need to plan my day a bit clearer, Mm. and I need to exercise to raise my energy levels. Mm. So I do believe in being dynamic with your routine, but having structure. Yeah. Yeah. Having things that you know you can pull out of the toolkit to bulletproof your mind for the day, because we don't always wake up feeling good. No. But so some days you need it. Yeah, I love that. I, I love the idea of
1: having a routine, but it being dynamic because mm. I have I have it all the time. I I, I try and do the same thing every day, mm. but I think that's just my OCD nature of how my brain works. I'm like, I'm going to do this, and if I what I have is if I don't do this, my day is going to suck. Mm. Where probably I need to get into a a system of do you actually want to work out this morning? Or would it be better for you just to kind of, like you say, meditate, journal, chill, and then do that later in the day when you may be feeling a little bit better?
0: Yeah, that's a really tricky learning for me. I would say it's only come in the last year Mm. of like, I really want to work out. I really want to do this thing. Yeah, But again, is it just another way to procrastinate from the important task I yeah. need to do? Potentially. It's hard
1: though, because I even just little things, like when I'm exercising more, mm. I mentally feel so much better. Yeah, you raise your energy levels. Just the fog, I call it like a fog in my brain, just goes when mm. I know I'm exercising. But I know that that fog will only go once I've exercised. So in my brain, I'm like, right, I've got to exercise in the morning or that fog's not going to go but it's, it's the little things like that. Like I was speaking to my wife yesterday and her sister who was staying at Oz and I've just started journaling mm. and I was always so poo poo about it. I was like, "What? what is this like journaling? Like, how does it work? Does it actually benefit you? I started doing it for a few days and I was like, Oh, it's not really doing anything for me now. I've been doing it for probably about two months now. I can't have a day without it now because mm. it, it What it does is it allows, it's kind of what you were saying, it allows me to brain dump every bit of good, bad, ugly in my brain onto a piece of paper. And by the end of it, I either have a plan of what, oh, yeah, actually, that's important. I should probably act on that. Or all of that annoyance and anger or whatever it may be is just out of me and I can carry on now. Do you find that you spot patterns over Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the same yeah it's it's the same things that are stressing me out or I'm getting fixated on uh-huh. and I think because I see that's a great question because I think because I see that pattern and I'm like oh I'm writing about this again you can have the power to change power to change yeah. but I can also see what's trivial mm. I'm like why am I thinking about that again mm. like, and then I kind of don't think about
0: it for the next few days so that is so true that that pattern is it's, yeah, definitely there. Yeah, that's the most powerful thing about journaling over a long period of time. I always like to say, keep it easy. Mm. If you just say to yourself, I'm going to write one line each day, mm. then then it's much more achievable. Because I've done it before, it's like I'm trying to write a, a X amount and then I stop doing it. Yeah. I get overwhelmed. Yeah. What I try and do now is look for a story in the day. Mm. And I got this from a book that Ben recommended actually called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. It's the best book on storytelling. He also recommends it, daily, re- daily reflections from your day with a story. What story can you tell about a day, the day about with, with a five-minute transformation of something you've learned? Mm. You know, so I learned this today and here was a bit of a story around it. I love that. So do you journal at the end of the day? It, it varies. varies. I, ver- I journal throughout. I, I do it on my phone now a lot of oh, the time. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I've got a separate notes in my phone, and I just take just notes from the day. Right. If I come out of say like a conversation like this, yeah, and I, yeah. I've learned something that I think I get d- right down yeah. straight away. So then it doesn't p- pose it to the end of the day, which can be harder. Yeah. And some days I don't have anything. Um Did 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 you start by
1: writing it down?
0: Yeah in a in a in, in a like diary. A, yeah, yeah. But I've come to learn that I need to be able to take those notes anywhere. So just being on my phone is quickest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. won't look at my phone before bed. Mm. So I will write in a book and maybe Mm. transfer it later. But I do think the power of reflections creates more self-awareness. And then you can spot patterns, start doing things or stop doing things. Yeah, yeah. The stopping doing things is is the main one for me. Yeah, a lot of people, they don't understand sometimes how to to change something. Mm. And if you just get your thoughts out and brain dump, like you said... Mm. You start to get clarity. Yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't mean do it at the detriment of other things. Like, you know, if you need to get an early night and all you're thinking about is journaling, probably just get the yeah, early yeah, night. Just, yeah, just uh, don't, don't get
1: stressed that, oh God, I haven't journaled today. But yeah. I, I think of it like when people think about mental math, like, oh, I can do it in my head. Nine times out of 10, it's far easier to do math or like anything that's difficult, writing it down, figuring mm-hmm. it out. It's the same with your brain. Mm you're having all these thoughts and feelings like just get it on a piece of paper like it will it will help 100 percent. for sure um you talked about not going on your phone before bed and not going on your phone when you wake up in the morning which i am still guilty of doing mm. and i'm trying to get better at it how important has that been for like
0: just your mental health if i didn't have a phone i wouldn't it wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to work on the way here If I didn't have a phone, I wouldn't be able to be productive during my commute. If I didn't have a phone, I wouldn't be able to post some of the content that I do, right? Mm. So it's a beauty, but it's also a curse. Mm. Because that feeling of wanting to go on the phone first thing in the morning is painful sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like I I go through the motions of truly being addicted to my phone. Yeah, And I don't like that feeling. Like Mm. some mornings... I, I, I'm, I say I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to meditate before. I'm going to set my intention. And I'm not going to look at my phone and say I've done half an hour of stuff that I don't want to do. Mm. And I just have to fight the urge to not look at <laughs> yeah. it. I want to check TikTok. Mm. I want to check Instagram. I want to, I you know, it's like the little dopamine hits I'm looking for yeah. because I've trained my brain yeah, yeah. amongst the work I'm doing yeah. to feed off those little hits of yeah. notification, comment, this, that. It's really bad for the mind is yeah. but, but what's even harder is that you're running a business where you have to be yes, on so it's social a, a blurred media. line yeah it's a so blurred difficult line. my missus always says this yeah. to me she's like i'm like i'm working she's like are you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'm like i'm doing stuff on here i'm working i i have it cause and i so, use that as an excuse yeah no
1: mate yeah. i i have it because we obviously we manage content creators so i'm constantly on tiktok and instagram and mm. I get in these holes of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm working. And then I'm on like the Reels Explore page. And then before I know oh, it, I'm looking, I'm looking at no like... No one's working on Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I'm looking You're for... exploring. <laughs> I'm exploring new talent. Like, honestly, it's it's yeah. so difficult. But it kind of like is a nice segue on something that I really wanted to talk to you about, which was how important and what changes happened to the trainer industry because of socials. Because mm. I can imagine, well, it's probably pretty fair for me to say it's had a huge effect Mm. on just the way in which people find trainers, talk about trainers, anything fashion related. How has it changed your business over the last 10 years? Because 10 years ago, social media was not what it is today. Mm. I think we
0: were there at the dawn of how important social media was for the trainer industry to grow. And in the UK, we were one of the people that helped it grow with all of the brands and retailers. Yeah, yeah. Whilst the brands and the retailers were releasing the shoes, Soul Supplier was there driving tens of millions of impressions saying these are the cool shoes. Yeah. So that third party influence, right? So we used Facebook organic when you could generate tens of thousands of likes on there in a matter of months. Mm. We used Twitter in the glory days, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago. And now we're using Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. We've experimented with all the platforms, but, There was a lot of hate for the way that we told everyone everything about what shoes are hot and where to buy them.
2: Mm.
0: I call it the gatekeepers of the industry. I got on with a lot of them. I get on with a lot of them now. Mm. But in the early days, that kind of using social media to tell people what trainers are cool and where they're releasing Mm. was frowned upon because it meant there was less for certain people to get. Right. It took a little bit of time before the brands caught up with the supply. Yeah, yeah, okay. The demand went, poof, and the supply yeah. was still just like, mm, we're increasing it a bit. Yeah. So people couldn't get their hands on them. Mm. And now with some of the limited ones, like you've probably realized and found yeah. out, it's just, there's, there's sometimes millions of entries into certain oh raffles God, yeah. for like the Travis Scott. Millions of entries. Probably like 50% of them are bots <laughs> because people still are using bots in mass. Yeah. Um, so the supply's not quite caught up with the demand mm. and the industry's still growing like crazy, but yeah, social, it's an aesthetic product, right? Yeah. If you've got something that looks good, social's the perfect place for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's just interesting for me because I feel like with fashion, not even, do you know what, not even fashion, but things like trainers or, or stuff like Ben does with bags and things like that. Mm. I just feel like social has had and it's quite a obvious thing for me to say, and this is going to get clipped and people are going to be like, of course it is, but it's had such a huge impact on the way in which people are buying and selling. I guess a follow-up question to the impact it's had is, do you think it's had a healthy impact on buying habits of people? Because the hype that social media can build around a pair of trainers does make people spend their last 200 quid mm. on a pair of trainers. Like, so... Obviously, for your business, you need people to want to buy stuff, but is there an element where you need to be influencing people in the right way using social media is what I'm probably trying to ask you?
0: Yeah. There's more education needed financially for people. Yeah, yeah. People need better financial education from school Yeah, right up until they leave school and get work because... People will prioritize the wrong things. And one of those things is the aesthetic. Mm. What clothes have they got? What trainers have they got? Mm. That is a result to some extent of retailers and companies like ours talking about certain things. But also, these are nice products to show off when you've got them. Mm. So there's thousands of people that are posting them every day when they get them anyway. So it's a very difficult thing. And it's kind of like that analogy of when you hear it, people say it's like, oh, well... You know, you you shouldn't sell drugs, and someone's like, "Well, I'm going to sell them because they're going to get sold anyway." And it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, that I don't know if that's quite right. It's like we need better no, I hear education what you're saying, though. for people to say. Because I was brought up to say, sort out your bills, look after your loved ones first, and then yeah, and and now yeah, potentially invest, pay in then rent any, first, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, and then anything that you've got left over, spend it on 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 non-essential items. Mm. I've put out content about this on my socials. We post we post content similar to that. Mm. Don't break yourself to buy a pair of trainers. Mm. Do it because you're able to. I think that's what I love about some of your socials and what the source player does is you're not just
1: talking about the most expensive trainer, mm. the most the most hard sought after trainer. You're
0: t- so items, gr yeah. general releases, yeah, yeah. stuff that people can get their hands on yeah. easily, as well as some of the hype stuff. No, it's but
1: like- I, I forget what you were talking. It's like a new Air Force or something, and they were like fifty quid. Mm which, you know, is a lot of money still, but it's still, it's not, you know, a grand for, mm. for some of the trainers out there. But you were talking so passionately about it and showing why these are cool. Mm. I think that it, it's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Which
0: well, is just like, people buying a lot of the time for the aesthetic, what yeah, it looks man. like, right? So it's like... One of the series that's working really well on TikTok is trainers mm. under 50 pounds.
2: Mm.
0: And some people in our office, like, I love some of our team because some of us are so tunnel vision on what we think works. Yeah. I wasn't sure this would work. People were like, people just want hype. Mm. So I post this Nike waffle under 50 pounds. Mm. It's like 44 pounds. And it flew. This video really? got a million and a half views. People yeah. just wanted this shoes, So then we turned that into a series. And it invalidated some of our assumptions and mm. thoughts that actually people just we call them uh, GR Joe or Josephine yeah, they're yeah. just looking for a good general release yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not like the as we call them the must cop miles that wants hype everything <laughs> right they're the GR yeah. Joe they want a nice air force a nice dunk a nice Jordan mm. that they can buy today mm. there's a reasonable price yeah. that they don't have to go on our marketplace to spend X they don't have to go and search on StockX. they just want to get a good shoe mm. to feel good because let's not forget when you wear a nice outfit it fits it looks good and you haven't broke yourself to buy that outfit. You mm. feel better. 100%. Or you, you get a haircut. Like, you get,
1: exactly. You get a haircut. You feel so much better about yourself. Yeah. You mentioned then about your team. Mm. And I know I've heard it. And I've, I've heard you talk about how important your team is. What I like about how the way you talk about your team is how they direct the vision of the company
0: as much as you do. Mm. How important has that been as you've grown? Yeah. A small example of that is we run what are called green light sessions mm. where they're ideation sessions. So you come to the green light with a few ideas on the topic and you're not, no one's allowed to judge. You mm. just go around one by one and then you shout out your idea. And then we prioritize as a team the best ideas that we take forward. Mm. So it's a democratic process where people can, so people that don't want to speak as much can submit their ideas. Mm. They don't get judged. So people that are fearful don't get judged. Right. And then the, uh, the validation and the prioritizing is separate. So the green light is all about just ideas with no judgment. So that's like one of the ways we democratically try and get ideas from the team Mm. and then bring them in. Ultimately, you can't be that democratic all the time no, because it causes a lot of slowdown. Mm. So sometimes you just need to say, right, these are the best ideas. Here's a few people that we do agree Mm. and we're going to take this forward. But for me, I worked at places I hated with bosses that were disrespectful, didn't show recognition, uh, led with fear, and I told everyone from the start and made it my mission that I would not lead in that manner. Mm. I was brought up by good parents who taught me respect and looking after people. And I've made it one of my missions with building the company to build a place where people can get on well, mm. smile, achieve good things, earn and learn. Like, And I'm, I'm looking for that stuff in the company. Mm. I'm looking around at people. I'm making sure, have we got harmony? Are mm. people smiling? Do people want more? And I'll be honest with you,
1: that's not always possible. It's hard, man. Everyone's got a different... That's what I've learned over the years of growing a a bigger and bigger team. Mm. When you've got yourself, and in my case, my wife, so your business partner, Mm. you've got two motivations. You both probably go in the same direction because you want the same thing. Then you add a first employee and they've got their motivation. But then when you start to add the third and the fifth and the sixth, and they've all got different motivations. You physically cannot make everybody happy at the same time. You can try, mm. which is what's adm- admirable for what you're
0: doing. Because like you said, there's a lot of companies that don't. Yeah, but that's a path to unhappiness for yourself and some yeah. of your team. And I love what you just said there, because that is that is the, a big learning. Mm. It's, um, you can have your structure for how you uh, teach people, mm. you pay people, you promote them. And that can be all good. Mm. But everyone's got their own needs mm. and motivations. Yeah, yeah. So I say the best way to do things for your team and your company now is a partnership between you and them. What do they want? What do you want to achieve as a business? Can you align them as much as possible and then Mm. put a progression plan in place which achieves that? Mm. And that's like some of the best people in our company, we've done exactly that. And as an example, I posted about Emily Atkins just two days ago. Mm. She started out as a community moderator. Yeah, yeah, I saw this, yeah. And uh, community-driven, she's still community-driven now. This post got so much love because she was so much part of the community she started there and she's had four promotions since Mm. and now she's in our product management team Mm. which looks at all of the features for the users and what they need Mm. because she's got such a broad understanding of the business she's a product manager so she she made her way up but that wasn't where she started originally she started in Uh, marketing and and became a senior marketer Mm. and moved over into product so and that and that matched with kind of like her ambitions and our ambitions Mm. so the and, and we had someone else, right, who started in an experimental role called Pip. He started in a crypto blockchain position. And then that fell apart. And Pip was already making waves with the development team because mm-hmm. he worked in IT before. And we were like, we need to hire a junior developer or two. Pip's so passionate. Mm. He's he's putting in extra time to learn, mm. and the development team have already said he'd be a great person to work with. Yeah. So after some conversations, Pip moved in, mm. and now he's on his way to become a mid yeah. mid tier full stack developer. How, how important is that? You, you talk about building people
1: internally, and yeah, because I can imagine, like you know, you see the stock X is out there growing, and you're like, oh, I want to I maybe hire some people that work for them mm. to benefit from it. But how
0: important is it to to build from within very important because you need to give people the opportunity but ultimately you just might not have the skill sets internally for that Mm. thing you need to do right now Mm. so one of my biggest learnings has been you need to hire and me and ben have had these conversations Mm. like many times now you need to hire a good mixture of senior and mid and junior Mm. Don't imbalance it so you've got so many junior people because that creates so many problems to teach and coach. So yeah, the senior people with industry experience come with those salaries attached, but the amount that they will do for your business is phenomenal Mm. in terms of inspiring and coaching and leading. Mm. So that's something that we didn't do. We actually hired people more junior and built them up more. Yeah. And some of them are brilliant, right? And they're absolutely smashing it. Mm. But that is a long journey sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, if you've got a stock X out there
2: mm. uh,
0: that's that's had half a billion of investment mm. and you're trying to compete in the space with them in some way and they're just like, give us this person from here. They cost 100 grand, 120, 150 grand. There's a million in salaries for five or six people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're competing with that. Yeah, good. So it's... it's it's tricky.
1: That, and that is why, and it's a bit of a loaded question because mm. we we are massively trying to hire people from other agencies, but equally there's a huge focus for us on promoting internally and and I'm really trying to push our talent manager into internally to become more senior mm. or the junior people to become talent managers because sometimes the, the fear that I have of bringing people into our company is... You're not buying into who we are, or how the way we do things. And it might be great, the, the 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 knowledge you bring in or the connections you bring in, but it's the people on the ground that have helped build this company that is the reason why we're here. Mm. And they know how we're doing things. And it's the same with, sorry, I forgot her name, Emily. Emily. Emily and your team. Yeah. And
0: that's why you've, you know, you've pushed her through. Yeah. I think it would be uh, like a deluded view to think that which is a very old school view that mm. like the CEOs and uh, founders used to go about uh, and think that, that it was all, all them. Mm. And they used to talk about things like it was all them. And that's just complete rubbish, right? Yeah, yeah. Because team is the small, all the small parts added together of the engine mm. that makes the business what it is. Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no more that I am doing right as a ceo compared to someone that's skilled in yeah. another role there's different things i'm doing mm. but they contribute to the whole mm. i'm just one man in a in a machine mm. and we'll say a well-oiled machine mm. that that works mm. right so i think for that reason you have to you have to recognize people's efforts pay them accordingly teach them the right things build an environment for them where they can flourish and give them as much opportunity as possible. The caveat to that is, if your business is going through a tough time, which Q1 2023 was tough for us for the first time in eight years, it's harder to it's harder to meet those expectations. Mm. You might not be able to promote someone if they're doing well mm. because you're having a tough time yeah, financially yeah. as a business. Yeah. You might not be able to give certain people the opportunities because they're not there right now. Mm. And that's something that's been very difficult for me because... I haven't been in that situation. Mm. We we financially didn't hit our target for Q1. We 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 lost money year on year. Mm. And we 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 didn't grow year on year. We lost money considerably in Q1. That's okay because we've had cash reserves, but we did have to make some changes to our business. What what if you don't mind me asking what was the do you know what the main
1: reasons were behind that? Was it a market thing or was it an internal thing?
0: Yeah, so the economic the decline in the e- economy here, yeah, fashion was one of the main affected areas. Mm. And that was what the news spoke about a lot. People's confidence has dropped considerably. Mm. And it's still not back to where it was. And that's fine because, like we said before, in a time of economic need, people should be more careful with their finances. Mm. So I'm not sitting here going like, why are you not spending on yeah, shoes?" Yeah. I'm like, people need to do what they need to do to look after themselves. Yeah. So we had to make some changes mm. as a business. We had to uh, change our office space. We had to review a lot of different tools and costs and consultancies that we were working with and some of our team as well we had to look at, which was very difficult, something I've never had to do. But all we could do was be transparent from December through to March, April and we had to make some more significant changes. Mm. Every month for financial update. In all one-to-ones, the leadership team were giving people clear information. Mm. Everyone has access to the revenues and the dash, mm. so they know where we're at. We were painting scenarios and showing them what would happen in different scenarios. Mm. So giving people transparency to understand this is what it looks like at different stages. Mm. So They weren't surprised, right? And granted, like, you can't do everything perfectly. But I think transparency is key If things are not, in both aspects, if things are going well, people can make better decisions. And if things aren't going as well, Mm. you need to be as transparent with people as possible. Yeah, they need to know why. Why are you making those decisions? Yeah, why? And like you said, Mm. why why have we made a loss? Mm. Because they're looking at the dashboard and their revenues. They're like, this channel's struggling and I'm working on that channel. And we're saying to them, your efforts are not what is affecting the channel here. Mm. This is the wider external factors that we can't control. Mm. Look at the consumer confidence. Look at what's going on with energy bills. People are going to be pulling back and that's understandable. Mm. So you're constantly having to reinforce people's good efforts because they will start to, some people, think it's me. I'm Mm. the problem. And then motivation slips more. Mm. And there's going to still be people that, that need to pick up their motivation or might not be doing the right things. Yeah. But I can truly say that our team in Q1 were still doing a brilliant job. And it was the external factors and consumer confidence that just affected our numbers. Mm. Trainer prices went up. Jordan Fours went up from 160 to £200. That's more than inflation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm conscious. Every week we're doing an update, we're showing external factors, things that are happening and going, guys, listen this is what's going on. Mm. Don't get up every day and be pissed off that your yeah. efforts are not making a difference. Just focus on doing the actions that you know work and things will get better and we've got more stable now. But it was very difficult. It's interesting you should say it because yeah. we we had a slower Q1 than we
1: expected okay. for the first time in about three years. And our, our industries are different, but different. also they mm. kind of, they do relate because a lot of the budgets that our creators are getting paid to you know promote brands are in the fashion space. And those fashion, we did see those fashion budgets drop quite a lot in Q1 across yeah. the board. And it started to come back a, a bit more in Q2, but I, I, I still think, yeah, I don't think they've come back to anywhere near where we would have thought they would have come back to.
0: Well, we we experienced, and and one of the things that we could show very demonstrably to to the team, the acquisition mm. team was like, costs on Facebook and Insta are going up for paid. Mm. Here's a report from Facebook that shows that budgets... that that people spent 70% less. That's why they had to make all those layoffs, Mm. Facebook, right? Mm. So people have spent less and costs are rising, which shows that not only are Mm. consumers not spending, but there's less competition in the platform and the costs are still rising. Mm. So that shows you in, in data purely, this is a result of the external factors that are out of our control. Mm. And I just love that mantra, accept the things you cannot change and control the things that you can. You said then you still
1: got to keep motivating your team while that's happening. Like stuff is happening completely outside of their control. Mm. And you can you can say to them a million times, don't worry, it's not you. But people are going to take it to heart. How, how have you been keeping your team motivated
0: in a difficult quarter? It's like that. You've got to have clear examples. Yeah. You can't just say it's the external factors. Yeah. But you can say... There's less competition because people spending less on Facebook and our costs are going up, but mm. our creatives got better. And mm. look at consumer confidence. There's the examples. Mm. You've got to be able to provide info as to why. Mm. Um, yeah, that's... I, th- I think the, the challenge is that you have to lead with your energy. If you can bring a calm, collected energy that keeps consistent during a tough time, which I tried my best to do, mm. was that's gonna inspire and help people more than anything you can say. Yeah, yeah. I think that the leaders that 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 panic that that pivot way too much, which we've pivoted in the past mm. through panic. I've mm. done that before, that is when it instills fear into people. And they're like that they're, they're worrying. Yeah. But we had cash reserves. We had plans, we paint a transparent picture, and I was leading with, with as much calm mm. as I possibly could. And I, I, I was saying the same to our senior team, and I'm truly grateful that they embodied that as well. Because it's that method again of just, we get up each day and we do the best things we can, and we have to let go of the rest. What was that like for you
1: though? Because
0: I can imagine it was quite a stressful,
1: mm. stressful time. A, s- a slow quarter is going to be stressful for the for any business leader.
0: I said I said to somebody like a few of my team said um, before we had to make a few changes to our team and sadly mm. let a couple of people go. Uh, they said to me, um, are, you, "Are you okay?" And mm. I, I said, "I said I'm doing each thing I can each day to make a difference to the things that I can." Right. Mm. I'm giving it my best effort. I'm not going out drinking. I'm, I've am i optimized my life. So it's absolutely in check to manage this business. I'm not going away on holiday
2: mm.
0: until we're out in the clear. For instance, mm. nothing is booked in and that still exists. I've, mm. I'm going away for a few days next week and that'll be the first trip of the year, right? Mm. So it's like, that's how I, I managed it. Mm. And at that point, all you're going to be stressed about is the stuff that isn't happening? It's stuff that's happening in the future. Yeah. You know, like you're painting that future thing. Mm. When I, when it came down to it that we were going to have to let a few people go, that was something that I was very, I was struggling with not getting worked up and stressed about because mm. we haven't had to do that before in that manner. Mm. And 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 I was losing sleep over that. And I know a couple of our people in our team as well were losing sleep over that. And you're losing sleep because you're thinking of that moment, that horrible moment yeah. where you have to say those words. Yeah. And I kept saying to myself and a couple of people that were really, really in pain about it, that's not happening right now today. Mm. So try to remember that that's not happening right now and to still give it your best shot today. Mm. I had to keep telling myself that.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, like, because otherwise you just keep thinking about the future event. Yeah. And that's not reality right now. No. Deal with that pain on the day. Mm. And that for me is one of the biggest things as I've got to like 30. It's like if something painful is going to happen, you don't need to experience it until that happens. What you need to do is just create the plan, stick to it, and just keep reminding yourself, stick with it. Mm. That's not happening just yet. Do you you, um, listen to any Rob Dial stuff? I've only found out about Rob Dahl in the last... I I, I really like Rob Dahl. Ben put me
1: on him and I've started listening to his... Because they're really quick snippet episodes. He's great. 15 minutes. I was listening to one the other day and it was about worrying and and getting worked up about things that are going to happen. 85% of the things that we worry about do not happen. Mm. And only 3% happen the way we think they're going to happen. So 12% might happen, but it happens in a different way. And when you actually unlock that and you go, oh, okay, well, I'm worrying about stuff, but only 3% of this stuff is actually going to happen the way I think it's going to happen. It's quite a liberating thing to be like, because I've been, th- I, I don't want to sit on this podcast two business owners and, you know, say, oh God, it's really bad when we have to let people go because people won't resonate with that. But mm. I have gone through that of having to let people go. And I reckon that's the most fucked up my brain has got over like a week period mm. while running a business. Because mm. you do buy into people and you don't just buy into them financially, you buy into them emotionally. You see them, you know, I see my team sometimes more than I see my daughter. Mm. I see my team more than I see my family who live in the North. So when you're having to go through those hard conversations, or those hard decisions, I think what you just said about transparency, mm. about decision-making within a business is so important to make sure that your wider team one understands why you made the decision and two so they aren't
0: feeling, Oh God, am I next? Is Mm. that is that gonna happen to me? Yeah, that was a big thing of like letting them understand what it looks like after in terms of numbers and Mm -hmm. where we need to be. So again, when they're checking the numbers, they can understand this is good. We're in a stable position. Yeah, Yeah. Um I think the curse of, of of, and I'm not saying we built a perfect team, mm. but the curse of building a team where people are happy and get along mm. is actually if people leave yeah, for God, whatever yeah. reason, yeah, yeah. that really shakes things up. Mm. It's painful for people. Yeah, it's not just it's not about me in that situation. Yeah. It's about people if they've been there a while as well, mm. and someone say gets a different opportunity. Yeah, they go somewhere else, and just out the blue, oh, I'm leaving. People are like, oh shit! We thought it was, we thought we didn't see that coming, and then it makes them think about their future, and then it it, it ruffles things for a Mm. bit. So I'd say that you you almost, I don't want to see it as like a half glass full thing and saying you
1: you can't win, but I think that's just an unfortunate byproduct of making a great culture. Like in our team, there's there's a few people who have become such good friends. Mm. Some of them that have only just moved to London didn't have many other friends and now they're like this clan. And yeah, like thinking about maybe one of them leaving would just shake the boat completely. But what's the alternative? You have a team that aren't connected. Mm. So that's always just going to happen when you do a good culture like yours. I think
0: like my thing is I'm trying to always just keep my ears open Mm. to listen to what people were saying in Mm. the team, to understand them better, Mm. to understand how they're feeling so i can then make decisions based off the back of that mm. like i said it's a partnership man i need to hear what people are truly feeling mm. and we gather feedback in many different ways here right we'll have like we'll have retros where there'll be a board a digital board on a on a website you can put like things that have worked things that we want to do differently things that we want to stop Mm. stuff like that that's anonymous we'll do uh, non-anonymous ones we'll do one-to-ones we'll people will just be listening to stuff and feed stuff back there's so many ways you can listen and I think that's key because you need to be able to act on things fast Mm. to keep that harmony Mm. and to keep peace to grow yeah yeah yeah, it's so tricky. True, man.
1: Where where's the future of the soul supply then? What have you got planned? What's what's your? Because I, I saw I was on your Instagram this morning, and it I saw a post you did. And I think it was like early January. About it was all about growth and giving back to the mm.
0: community. So what is the future? For you guys, yeah. So content, and content marketing is at the heart of everything again. Mm. It was how we grew for four years. Yeah, yeah. It was how the Soul Supplier became to be known. Yeah. It was how Ben originally stumbled across across me because he mm. used to watch the Soul Supplier content. Yeah. So content and face to camera content is at the heart of everything we're doing again. Mm. So I'm I'm back on the camera, Dan, um, Kelly, and we're going to get a few new presenters as well. People buy from people. So if you are a business owner now and you're not at the front of your business, then you should have some people that are because we're living in a people-driven economy is what Mm. I say now. So that is at the heart of everything. But but building out the sole market, which is our marketplace for buyers and sellers, it's slightly cheaper than the other marketplaces. People get products next day, 90% of the time. We verify the sellers and digitally authenticate the products. And we've got some more tech coming around that. So in terms of marketplace wow. experience, so the sellers are sorry, to cut you off, but just mm. just to understand it because I've bought through StockX
1: and mm. I've done the whole verification. It took thing. a while, right? It took a while. Yeah. How how does that work? So yeah. the so you digitally digitally verify a product
0: in the sellers' house, like in their own home. Yep, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, wow. but the basis of that. Is kyc in and knowing your sellers. Right, got you. We have a verification process which other platforms don't use. Mm. So at the moment, we've got a large pool of sellers. Mm. It does become harder when someone just wants to sell one product and they have to go through KYC and digital authentication. Mm. But ultimately, what does it do for the buyer? It creates trust. They can mm. get their products quicker. They mm. don't have to wait three weeks like somewhere else, yeah. stock X or go. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about buyers getting their products quick and sellers getting paid fast. Mm. Sometimes people have to wait four weeks to get paid on these other platforms. They don't want to wait. Mm. Some of the fees are much higher. Some platforms charge 30% fee. For what reason? Mm. So we've got an account management service for our sellers. Customer service was at the top of our pyramid when we created Soul market. Mm. So we're planning to scale that. Now we're slightly getting back to a point of stability. Yeah, We're on a hiring freeze right now. Mm. That won't be forever, hopefully. Mm. But it's all about that end-to-end experience. You learn about the shoes. You find out all of the retailers to get them at the sole supplier. You set your reminders up. You hopefully secure them at retail. If not, you might buy them on the sole market. And if you have secured them, maybe one or two, you might sell a pair on the sole market. Mm. So serving people from the, the start, to the finish mm. of their kind of sneaker journey from like their, their influence and trend stage to all the way to like secondary. I, I heard you were saying
1: in an, in, in an interview about you think of music, you think of Spotify, mm. you think of, you know, tech, you think of Apple, you mm. were like think of trainers. I want them to think of the sole supplier. Mm. You've, you're doing that by creating that end to end. Like if you can't get it on
0: retail... You can buy it on the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if we work with forty different partners for retail, and then we've got all of the verified sellers at resale, mm. the trickiest thing about this is sneakers are so competitive now, and you're dealing with companies like StockX who've had half a billion of investment. Mm. We will go out for investment later on this year. We had to take that off the off the radar when we when we had a tough Q one, mm. but that will come that will come back. The reason I say that is because. The brand awareness budgets that StockX are putting out there, the influencer budgets that yeah, they've yeah. got, the the ability to scale their development team to release tech faster mm. is crazy. Their ability to afford some of the most expensive developers out there,
2: mm.
0: you know, the development market in London is crazy. Mm. Some of the best devs cost one hundred and fifty grand to two hundred grand, mm. and it's it's a lot of money to pay. Yeah. We're a self funded business for the mm. last ten years, and I was I hope to keep it that way. Yeah, if certain plans come off mm. but when you're dealing with someone like that that's got half a billion of investment is what do hard. you do?
1: It's hard isn't that? I have the same thing trying to compete against the major major mm. major talent agencies that have got hundreds of million, millions of investment and they can buy you know multiple team members for the same role and things like that and it, it, it does come across your head like you're actually going to compete mm. you've got to either do something incredible internally or you've got to take on investment. But you're self funded as well. Self funded completely. Yeah so it's tricky. It's tricky. It's that, it's that, it's that tipping point, isn't Because
0: it? It? it's patience as well, right? Yeah, I've yeah. always been, when I'm in my zone, I'm patient. Mm. And I'm like, I don't care. I love building this business. Mm. And I do love building this business. I love it, mm. right? But then I get impatient. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 10 million right now would be good because yeah. I could do this, this, and yeah, this. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fluctuation of what I think is right. Mm. I would truly like to keep it and and share more of the equity Mm. with people in the company, as Mm. we shared some already, but sharing it with the key players and the people that are progressing. So it's all for us Mm. rather than some external VC that's giving us money. I think that's for me. It's it's
1: never going to be an external VC. It's going to be a partner.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you know
1: what I mean? Because it, I th- for me, and um, I've had some really good mentors that have talked about this, about, you know, you wouldn't go to a birthday party mm. and not share your cake. You want to share a piece of the pie. You want to grow together. It's not about me not wanting to give away some ownership. It's, I never want to partner with the wrong people. Yeah. Not just for money.
0: It's got to be, they got to bring expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Something comes back to that bringing senior people in. If you mm-hmm. can get someone that's like a great investment house or partner, and I'm yeah. with you on that. I use the word VC just to, about yeah, money yeah. but then they're going to bring all those expertise mm. to help you scale yeah. to take us to the u.s yeah, to build, yeah. help us build better systems to scale yeah have you but, got any plans to go abroad that is part of the plan right yeah so part of the plan is to further expand the sole market to compete more in the marketplace space mm. to improve the end-to-end yeah. ability to buy mm. to go to the u.s
2: mm.
0: that's part of the uh the expansion plan i can imagine that's a ginormous market
1: for what you guys do
0: it is yeah and there's a lot to do over there we've dipped our toe Mm. in and we think we could do very well over there Mm. but we don't want to do it uh, a half-assed no there's a lot to do in the UK still yeah yeah
1: Yeah. George thank you so much my final question for you something that I ask everybody is Mm. what has been your biggest lesson and learning while creating a business that you would pass on to to the next generation of business owners
0: We're living in a world that is driven by money and success more than ever. Yeah. That is shown to you everywhere on social media. Yeah. And the aspiration can be to be rich and wealthy, but that doesn't truly make you happy. Wealth is when you get to a certain point, you've got a house, a place to live, and certain things in life that make you Mm. that is happiness. The rest is. Just extra, small percentages on top. So we're living in that world, and if you're building a business or you're in a career where you need to do well, it can be easy to focus on money, but that is at the cost of the customer. Mm. So the biggest learning for me, and this has come back time and time again is focus on what you're good at and what you're doing first, and then byproduct will be money. Mm. That is everything. People focus too much on the money and mm. they lose sight of the customer which we have done yeah. and you start building the wrong things doing the wrong things the customer notices it and they get scared off so focus on your purpose and your customer and the business first and then byproduct product will be money that yeah. will come but don't get distracted by all of these people out there that are showing you Lambos showing you Dubai mansions showing you all these things they're all nice to have but ultimately you're only going to get there if you do the right things first yeah I love that mm. that was a great message George Nice Thank one. you mate. Thanks, Cheers man.